Hello, listeners, and welcome to the Pod Pod Fruit, One Piece Through New Eyes. Today, on our first proper episode, we are discussing Volume 1 of One Piece. Volume 1 covers chapters 1 through 8 and is known as Romance Dawn. I am the host, Michael, and with me we have our One Piece rookies, V and Dylan. Hi. Hello. Let's begin. have a short summary here of volume one. Most of it is copy and pasted from a wiki with a few edits uh, from yours truly. So uh, what we have here, uh, a young boy named Monkey D. Luffy swears to become the pirate king, accidentally eats the Gomu Gomu Nomi, that's the gum gum fruit, and is given a straw hat by his idol Shanks. Ten years later, Luffy sets out on the high seas where he meets cabin boy Kobe and defeats Kobe's abusive Captain Alveda. The two arrive at an island where Roronoa Zoro is imprisoned. Intent on having him in his crew, Luffy meets Zoro and a girl who reveals why he was captured. Luffy goes on to retrieve Zoro's swords, but enrages the captain of the marine base, Morgan. Morgan, Axehan Morgan, and the marines go to kill Zoro and Kobe. We then get a flashback where Zoro remembers the promise he made to his deceased friend, Kuina. They defeat Morgan and Morgan's son, Helmeppo, as well as the Marines at the base. Zoro tells Luffy he will join the crew. Luffy and Zoro leave peacefully. Kobe joins the Marines. He and the Marines thank the two for stopping Morgan. Finally, Luffy is captured by a bird, and Zoro meets some of the buggy pirates on an island Luffy meets a girl named Nami, who is running away from some pirates. And that is a summary of Volume 1 of One Piece, the, the central theme of tonight's episode. So, with that being said, let's dive in. What did you guys think? This is your first One Piece volume, top to bottom. We, we did it. We, we got through one. And, uh, yeah, where, where do we land? We don't have a ton to go off of, so, you know, I, I totally understand that. I think our listeners will, too. But, um, yeah, just first impressions. Dylan, do you want to start? Sure, why not? Um, and overall, like, art-wise, one thing that stuck with me is that it seems to try and be, like, very whimsical and childlike with its art style and direction. But then it does kind of, like, hit some pretty grave matters, like... See people getting shot in the face, people losing arms, and it's kind of it's kind of a cool side by side. That's one of the big things I've taken away from it. And also, with the amount of time it's taken us to do this episode, I've reread it like four times, and I'm picking out new stuff every time I read through it, which has been kind yeah, of fun. Someone does get shot in the face, don't they? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and with the art style, uh, it's kind of like, oh, oh, it's trying to take itself seriously. Okay. Right. Right. Um, yeah, I think that's a good call out. The the kind of childlike whimsy combined with the real shit, you know, guns. <laughs> um, any other takeaways? Just again, general. We'll get into some uh, more. That's that's stuff. pretty broad strokes for me. It's just you know the art style, kind of cool how they're putting in these grim details on top of this childlike style, I guess. Okay, yeah, and, and V, again, broad. 
broad. We're talking broad here. We'll narrow down. Our right. Um, so I will say, I, I don't know if it's, if it's a product of me not having watched or like not having watched anime or having read a manga in a while, I found it to be extremely dynamic in the sense that there's very little time where there's not a lot going on. Like it's always moving from one thing to another and it, 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 um, it really helps in keeping your attention and keeping your focus on the story and getting really engaged with the characters in um, becoming quickly um, interested in what will happen to these characters and what what uh, Destiny has in store for them, so to speak. And um, yeah, I thought that was really cool. Like it, it really, um, like I said, captured my att and, um, attention and had me wanting more and had me looking forward to reading one chapter after another. The pace of the manga is one of my favorite things compared to the anime. You know, the eight chapters that we read, I don't know if it's exactly eight episodes. It may be more, maybe right around that, but that's, you know, 20 minutes per episode. I can finish a chapter uh, pretty quickly um, at my own pace. I can stop, put it down, pick it up. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. I read like the whole volume in like 45 minutes. Right. Right. Okay, right on. Yeah, um, I love you know this this romance dawn arc. I think it brings a lot of really cool ideas to the table, and you're just like, what? What are you getting at here? What are what? What are we trying to say here? Um, and you get to see cool characters. You're introduced to a ton of new concepts. Speaking of, why don't we talk about some of the main characters? So you know, obviously the most the best place to start is at the very beginning with Luffy. Um, <clears throat> first impressions on, on our main character, our, our protagonist, Luffy. Um, you can say, you know, things like who, who you think he is, how do you relate to him, how do you see him as a part of his world, uh, small, big, uh, so on and so forth. Anything, anything uh, stuck out to you about Luffy? Monkey D. Luffy. V, you go first. I have a lot of thoughts, actually, on, on um, our main character. I find him to be, um, in terms of the protagonists, um, one of the characters I relate to the least. And that's not necessarily a bad thing, but I have entirely too much anxiety to relate to uh, Luffy. I think um, just his, his outlook on life and his complete disregard for his own safety um, is absolutely jarring and I love it. I think it's super interesting for me as someone who overthinks literally everything I do to become attached to this character who is completely off the hinges when it comes to that. Um, but I, I really do enjoy him. I think he takes me out of my comfort zone in a way that I need it, not only as a reader, but also as a person. I feel like whether I like it or not, I have a lot to learn from him. So that would be, that would be the main thing about, about Luffy. Yeah, I would agree. I was thinking the same thing, uh, when I was, when I was, you know, putting together some, some different stuff to talk about here. Uh, when, when I was rereading, I was like, wow, that's kind of who I aspire to be. Uh, you know, if I, if I was able to, you know, set aside all of this anxiety and stuff that, that keeps me, uh, 
held back in many ways. You know, that, that's just, that sounds lovely and also terrifying. <laughs> um, Dylan, thoughts on Monkey D. Luffy? Uh, so far from what I'm seeing from him, um, a terrible leader, just because of the points you've made. Like, awful leader, but heart of gold. Um, quite adept at failing his tasks successfully. <laughs> um, but like I, I, I kind of feel a, a little little semblance to him, just because it's like, like the the whirlpool scene specifically, when it's just like, oh man, I'm stuck in a whirlpool. Oh, it doesn't matter that I can't swim; I drown anyways. So it's like <laughs> I can't control this situation. So what the hell is stressing going to do about it? Like nothing. So it's just roll with the punches, and I I kind of admire that and respect that. And you know, in some ways, yeah. I feel like I try to do that, but I like that about him. I feel like you do that pretty well. Something I could do about it, you know, just survive. Yeah, at least, at least as far as I can tell, you're a chronic. What's the, whatever the opposite of a warrior is. <laughs> um. Yeah. Any other characters that uh, you guys want to call out? Maybe ones that you relate to, ones that left just an impression on you. Either one of you. Um. I have kind of broad thoughts on most characters as they as they came into play. Um, I just as as the um, the female face of of this or the female voice should I say of this podcast, I have to say that Zoro is exactly the type of character that I would develop a crush on if I were in my teenage years. Like <laughs> as a teen, and to this day, to be honest, like. The brooding type, like, that sticks to his principles, but it's, it's also, like, mysterious, and, like, it's, like, it's one of my favorite tropes, like, the badass that's actually a sweetheart, and so, basically, the moment I saw him, I knew that I would, I would be, like... When he says, tell her I ate every bit I know, <laughs> I know, and I'm like, that in my heart, he's so considerate and he's kind so and mindful, and I was like, yeah... So that, that Zoro is probably my um, my other highlight in terms of characters, but I do you know I do enjoy all of them thus far. Um, this, this will probably put people like to grab their p- torches and pitchforks. I'm going to call him Zolo because that's how he's Please referred don't. to in the manga. So I'm going to refer to him as Zolo the whole time. Um, I did that I, at first too, <laughs> I, I, and it might change, but for right now, it's like I mean, it's like reading Dragon Ball. It's current, current, not curling. Um. But uh, like I, I kind of saw him, and like he did the three sword thing, and I like rolled my eyes. I was like, oh, here we go, because I've read a lot of the R.A. Salvatore. It's like, oh, great, another moody yet sensitive master swordsman, Dritzdo Erden over here. Here we go. But now, like, uh, it's early on, so I'll withhold judgment for now. But I saw the three sword style. It's like in your mouth. Too. All right, come on. I get it's a manga, but it's a little ridiculous. Is it though? If you think that's ridiculous. Yeah, I know I'm in for a treat, right? (laughs) (laughs) But don't hate him, but saw that and was kind of like, okay. I guess we got to go for real cool on this one. All right, all right. So on the other side of that, we've only had a couple antagonists here. We had Alveda and and Axehan Morgan, and Axehan Morgan's son to a bit of a lesser extent. Um what do we think of some of the bad guys here? They were handled pretty quickly, I would say. Dylan, did you have a, a particularly oh, favorite? Not necessarily a favorite. Like for me, it was some of the bad. I was a little disappointed. Like you, 
like you said, they're handled super fast. So it's kind of like, oh, okay. Like, Alveda, it's kind of like, all right, whatever. Kind of, to me, just a dumb filler bad guy. Um, but Axan Morgan, I feel like, could have been a lot more depth to it. I would have been interested in, like, seeing more of that story. But I understand right now it's kind of like the mad dash pace. It's like, all right, here's the crew. Like, we got to assemble the crew, get the crew together, and then we'll start taking a little Let's more time. put an time. obstacle yeah. in their way. We'll Maybe s- it's a guy with an uh, axe hand. Yeah, and but it's like after that, but though it's like, okay, now we're going to deal with some actually like, big bad guys where they got to take some time to actually formulate oh, yeah. some kind of plan. There's going to be some long, uh, not just fights, but just like dealings with bad guys yeah. and stuff. So I'll say axe These hand, were... I was kind of a little disappointed because it's like, that's a cool design and it's kind of like his character in general. It's like, I could see this being a really cool, really cool enemy to flesh out but it really wasn't because they just like, all right, yep, he punched him real good, and then Zolo killed him. Cool. Yeah. yeah they, they took care of him, took care of business. Um, interesting that a guy like that rose to such a high post, isn't it? I mean, it's, I got to think, brute strength. Brute strength gets you so far. <laughs> yeah. Um, v? Thoughts on our antagonist. So it's funny that you say that you 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 mentioned um, Morgan's son to a lesser extent, but I personally think that he's more despicable. Helmeppo is more right, despicable. Right. Than, Actually, that makes perfect sense. Than Captain Morgan, I in my opinion, I think he is a brat. I think he is entitled. Ugly. I. Oh, he's so ugly. Like, everything. <laughs> like, the hair, the face. Like, I already... Just the way the way he was drawn, I already knew that he was going to be annoying and obnoxious. And, like, the more I read, the more I realized I was proven right. Like, hate him. Hate, hate, hate them. And, like, of course he would be a daddy's boy. Right? Um, I don't even care about him. <laughs> Like, he's just so, uh, yeah, really the type of character that really, like, gets to me. Because I feel like I've I've actually known people like that. <laughs> and, Sorry, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, they're not, not great people to be around. So I would say for me, uh, Helmeppo was the, 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 really a thorn in my side, if I'm being honest. It was really satisfying watching him get knocked on his ass, not once, but twice. Oh, very much so. Uh, well, three times. His dad did give him the backhand. He's like, you ain't worth oh, it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Hit you with the back of my axe hand. Yeah, that was kind of satisfying. I like that part. So we're rooting for Morgan a little bit here. Just a little bit. Just in his struggle with his son. I mean, he's a badass. Like, just right off the bat. You know, you're a guy with, like, a, a steel jaw and a an axe for a hand. It's pretty great. And then you have to deal with this little piece of shit on the side as your son. Poor guy. <laughs> Feel for him. I want to see his story from, right? from his Well, perspective. he did want to kill a kid, so it's not... It's not yeah, too he's much not, yeah, yeah, he's also not a saint. He wants to kill that little... Yeah, that little girl. Um, yeah, it's funny that, that Luffy happened to show up on the day of his statue unveiling and immediately knocked it down. Um, but, uh, yeah, any, any last thoughts, either one of you on, uh, antagonist characters, uh, Kobe, do you, do you, what do you think of Kobe? V, I feel like you may, uh, relate to Kobe a little bit more besides the wanting to be a cop. 
Yeah. Thing. Yeah. No, you're you're right. He's um, I actually that was in in my notes when first reading chapter two was why do I relate so hard to Kobe? <laughs> Literally, it's written in my notes. Um, because you know my first impressions of that character is he's a softy. He is a people pleaser. He doesn't like to stir the pot. He likes to kind of stay quiet, but also he does have like thoughts and opinions on on things that are going out going on around him. Um, and I guess what I was also thinking that, um, having a character like Kobe around can make for potential, like very interesting potential interactions between him and the other characters, most notably for me with Luffy. I think, um, I have a feeling like Luffy is going to rub off on Kobe because I don't think that Luffy is especially prone to change because of his like lack of self-awareness, but I feel like Luffy is going to encourage Kobe to become more daring, more um I don't want to say extroverted, but make him more willing to step out of Fight his for comfort. Himself. Yeah, exactly. He's going to stand up for himself. I that's what I feel anyway, and I feel like even just within that first chapter you see that emerging you see that trend of kobe going into something maybe reluctantly and then being like wait i actually need to do this like i need to i need to step up um so yeah um very interesting character very much looking forward to seeing what um what his presence brings to the group right right now they only had her in there for just a single chapter um what what do you Dylan don't answer this question V what do you know about the the character who was introduced in chapter 8 Nami anything not really um I know I feel like of the exposure that I have had to One Piece prior to this project I feel like I've seen her around like I know that she becomes an important character, but I don't know to what extent. Like, I don't know what her role is in the okay. grand scheme of things. I just know that she is present to some extent. She does become one of my favorite characters in the show. And and I think her introduction was so perfect. The way she, like, tricks those thirsty boys and takes their ship and then she and leaves. Sinks them with dead. the storm. Yeah. Oh, I, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, have, I have a lot of... Th- of thoughts on that i was gonna wait until we we kind of dove into the chapters well, since we were talking about characters that's why i brought it up well you could dive back into it if you want to but the touch back on go in now it's the kobe you. part um i kind of like like v like you were saying touch what you were saying he kind of grounds the group a bit where it's like okay yeah. you have fantastic ideas and now reality's calling I'm like <laughs> hey no that you and sweet want to do there's two of you come on calm down you gotta figure it out and I just love the point where he gets he gets a spine. He finally gets a spine, and it's just like mm-hmm. normally it's like, oh, Lady Elvita, like, you're the fairest. You're the fairest. It's like Lady Elvita is the ugliest, fattest bitch in the whole city. <laughs> just, it's like, all right, okay, I feel you, Kobe. <laughs> um, do you want to save your thoughts on Nami till we get into the chapters, or you want to? Um, I guess I can talk to her because we 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 um we are talking about characters, so I might as well just kind of express my thoughts on her real quick. Um, I feel just and again, I'm going into this having no idea what kind of character she becomes, but my very first impressions are, I think she is going to make a fantastic addition to the crew. Um, I think she is 
very savvy. I feel like she's competent. She's deceptive. And that's everything you need in a pirate. I feel like maybe unbeknownst to everyone involved, this is, she is going to become a key asset in the way that that team or that crew works. So, um, I, you know, her being introduced at the very end or, you know, at the end of the, the volume in chapter mm -hmm. eight, um, I feel like was very much like a teaser and that it was very intentional in the way that they, um, that they cut the black, that they exactly that they stopped that volume there because they knew that people would want to know more about what's, what was going on with her. So, yeah. Even on the reread, I can't wait uh, for the rest of, of her, her introduction here. I mean, she literally, Luffy, <laughs> Luffy literally drops down from the sky because he was kidnapped by a bird. Uh, <laughs> Luffy's like, hey, it's my boss. And they're like, hey, let's get him. He whoops their asses. And, uh, <laughs> and she's like, hey, I rob pirates. And Luffy's like, wait, what? <laughs> Yeah, I, I just I don't think it could have been uh, set up more perfectly. I think that's one of my favorite character introductions in the whole series. Maybe I don't know. It's great the way she finesses those those three nerds. Yeah. Um, Dylan, any thoughts on Nami? I mean, like I said, like I like I like I said, I think um, that Shonen Jump I mentioned in the first uh, the first episode. I think that was covering volume two so i think i know a bit of the arc that's coming up ahead i think i've actually read through a bit of it mm -hmm. so um not getting any spoilers no no i'm kind of interested to see where it goes i have an idea of where it's going but seeing how she can see the conditions of the sea and use them to her advantage is pretty cool right all right <clears throat> well we'll move on from the characters and the antagonists we'll start talking about like setting world building We've already kind of touched on some themes, some of the art style and, and how the art style complements the action, so on and so forth. Um, <clears throat> Dylan, so, you know, they're, they're building this world around you. You have a little outpost. You have a couple, just tiny little outposts. You have Alveda's hideout. You have the little town where, where um, they found Zorro. Uh, the the town where Luffy is from, and uh, you know th they all seem very small in their own ways. Here you got devil fruits that give people powers. Like, what are your thoughts on just the world as a whole? Do you think it feels small? Do you think it feels big, empty, full? What a well, as of right now, it seems like to be the perfect setting for a grand pirate tale. It's like a vast world with just an archipelago, like a bunch of little islands. And it's like, okay, if you're going to have a pirate story, might as well be set in a place that's just islands, no big continents. Which, who knows in the future if there's big landmasses or not, but right now, it's okay. A bunch of naval ports and stuff like that. That makes sense for the story. Um, with the gum gum fruit in there, like, I, I, I haven't really delved much, know much about those, but now, like, at this point, from what we've read, we know there's more than just the one. So I'm really interested to see it's like, Okay, how many are there? What do other ones do? So, um, I, you know, it's, it's building you up to be interested in the world, and so far it's working for me. Oh, also, also, I was curious, how do you view the, the kind of 
the way pirates are are done in this world. Like clearly, we've seen some are you know not your traditional pirates. You know, they're they're all about hanging out and just having a good time. Others are very much focused on villainy, treasure, so on, so forth. Uh, you know, there's there's already in the first eight chapters a decent variety. I would say of of that. How do you how do you feel about all that? Well, it's interesting because I mean, like Luffy, you look at it like Luffy is like Luffy and his potential crew are like this classic romanticized pirates, what everyone dreams of, like the whole Captain Jack Sparrow, like oh brigands with hearts of gold. But then you also have the mix of it's like oh the Navy who should be the good guys. Well, there's some corrupt, vile people in that Navy as well. Well, the Navy is sometimes the bad guys. So I think I think that's an interesting look at it because normally. Normally, I feel like a lot of stories like this is like you have your good guys, you have your bad guys, no in between. But this is like you know, no, there's a little bit of mixture. There's some good guys that are bad guys, and there are bad guys that are good guys. Right. All right. Any other words on that before I move over to V? Nah, that's pretty much all I got on that. V setting, world building. You know, same stuff I was asking Dylan. Anything you want to add there? Um. So I'm going to make a really weird comparison. Please. Um, my initial feeling on it is the same feeling I got when I first played Legend of Zelda The Wind Waker. Because The Wind Waker happens to, to take place in a universe where you have to travel a lot from one island to another. And that is a key part of the gameplay, and it um, brings about this extra sense of adventure that I really enjoyed and found super like attractive. Um, in this Zelda game as compared to others. And I'm getting the same feeling out of this as I feel like what they've introduced so far is small, but that there's so much potential for something big and magnificent. And um, I feel like the possibilities are kind of endless. And at this point, I'm just so looking forward to their adventure and finding out where they find themselves and what islands they're gonna find and what other crews they're going to meet and like just the the potential is um very appealing to me and like I said it taps into this nostalgia I have of like myself being you know a little link on his on his boat um trying to explore the sea in Wind Waker um yeah so and a whirlpool comes up around. Yeah, like, exactly. I, guess I drown. <laughs> Shit, <laughs> nothing I can do about it. That's a great analogy, by the way. That's that's a really good yeah, analogy. That's that kind of really, how I was feeling uh, about it too. But that was a great astute. way to word it. <laughs> and it's a it's kind of a the sense of like child childlike uh, wonder where I'm like, this is amazing, and this could become What's so. What's under this stone? Oh my right. god, it's a roly poly. <laughs> <laughs> right, like there's always there's always something there to discover, I'm and eat it. <laughs> yummy. And, um, yeah, I'm just, I'm very, very much looking forward to it. Um, yeah, it's, um, yeah, just a lot of potential. Yeah, it, it just snowballs from there. I mean, there's nowhere to go but up from here. So I can't wait to explore that with you guys. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to go ahead and kind of kick off the themes a little bit because I feel like pulling the themes of something so much bigger out of such a small chunk may be a little bit difficult, but I, I think some of these themes were hit on. You know, I think the big one here, agree or disagree, um, is just freedom. Uh, you know, being able to do what you want without 
being restricted either by yourself or by society or by any anyone who who wants to and uh another one which i, I think is kind of lost in this one because no one has time to develop true friendships like not like deep meaningful friendships uh but friendship is a huge theme in one piece and i think you see this the just light of it go off here mm -hmm. but i don't you know those relationships aren't there how do you feel about about those two themes be anything you want to add anything else you saw um well definitely freedom like you said the 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 whole do what you want because a pirate is free you are a pirate <laughs> um i feel fits, <laughs> fits fits exactly in, in in the vision of piracy that we were kind of talking about earlier um, and fits in the theme, and fi it, it's such a good conduit for st for storytelling, is is what I feel that that um, that search for freedom, and in the search you find freedom. Like it, y what you're experiencing is also what you are looking for. I think is something that that is going to um, come up in this in this um, massive work of of fiction and art. Uh, let's be honest. And friendship, I feel like, like you said, this is only the first volume and it's hard really to determine to what extent these friendships are going to grow. But I definitely did see the that light emerging and that, again, the potential for these relationships to grow, develop and um, bloom, really. So more things to come, all good things. Well, no, maybe not all good things, but a lot of good things to come. Oh, another one, uh, law and order. You know, I guess that kind of goes with, with uh, the freedom thing. But, I mean, the Marines are there. You know, they're cops. They're justice. And is justice good? Well, it depends on the person. And they really explore that a lot. Right. Kobe wants to be a cop. I, I think that's uh, that kind of speaks to um, a reality that we have to face is that sometimes law and order does not necessarily mean that things are good and that their right. intent is pure. And sometimes that chaos is actually is what is what going to be um, revealed as being the positive influence in the world and not necessarily the rigid principles of, you know, like we mentioned, law and order. Um, that's not to say that there can't be that intersection, but I feel like... Um, so far, the way that law and order has been presented in this um, in this manga is that of um, tyranny. yeah, tyranny, corruption, and um, yeah, we haven't yeah. seen the good light yet. That's what I was yeah, exactly, exactly. And I'm, I'm not. It might not, you know, it might change. I don't know, but um, I have a feeling that we are going to. Um, we're definitely going to see more good come out of this little crew of troublemakers, really. People who decide to say no to law and order, who decided to be like, I'm going to do my own thing, you know? Um, yeah, and I, I feel don't like, feel oh, like following the rules. Right, exactly. <laughs> and I feel like in, in having that attitude, they're going to do good things. Yeah. Okay, right on. Dylan, same question. Uh, pretty much, we have really been able to see like a different side of law and order besides the tyranny because i mean you have the example of where it's um point of like you follow orders you don't question them because there's a guy who's like i'm not gonna kill a kid mutiny gets murdered by his captain another one it's like we can't take them it's like i won't take cowards kill yourselves 
and they get yeah. ready and they get ready to, and they get ready to do it. So, so far what we're seeing Law and Order is bad, as what has been presented to us so far. And the only good, like freedom seems like the best thing. It's like if we're going to be held to these law laws, you're just going to live in fear, like the villagers of the naval base. Right. Right. Um, okay. Well, we're starting to get more into more uh, concrete stuff here. Let's talk about the art style a little bit. I think we can probably address this better as we go through the chapters and stuff, because I definitely highlighted certain panels uh, that stood out to me. Um, well, we kind of touched on this already, you know, the, the contrast between the, the whimsical and the serious. Um, but, I mean, I guess we don't have to spend a ton of time on this. Did you like the art style? Did anything else stand out to you, uh, Dylan? Like, so far with my um, actual, like, manga background, the stuff I've really gotten into was um, Attack on Titan. So I would say, so far, it wasn't really really gripping me as much because attack on titan is like grim dark essentially um but uh like like i said it's it's cool to see it's like all right this is super whimsical it's fun and then it's like oh shit really dark matters and that contrast is what's keeping that's like what's actually keep me interested it's like oh let me see how they handle these harsh realities like i mean kobe got shot and it's like it's like whoa okay whoa I thought he was dead I was like oh my god he died and he's like ah, I got shot ah! and it's like okay and like uh, Shanks getting his arm bit off and it's like oh man okay I'm I'm interested you got me paying attention you brought up a great point Dylan I'm gonna return to it V um the, the art style yeah so again I find myself in a position where I'm I'm exposed to something that's relatively new to me because. Um, as I touched on in our introductory episode, most of the manga that I had consumed before then was, and now I'm not exactly sure how to pronounce that, shujo instead of shonen. So, you know, as opposed to something that is shonen being um, catered to like young men, I read a lot of shujo, which is catered to young women. So, like mm -hmm. I said, Sailor Moon, Card Captor Sakura, whatever. And the art style is drastically different between both styles of, um, of manga. You know, in Shonen, we find a lot more, like, dynamic lines, big action shots, uh, wider shots also, like, um, not necessarily panoramic, but, you know, like, you, you get these, like, landscape shots once in a while. Whereas uh, Shujo is a lot softer, a lot more calm, more close-ups, more, like, finer details and soft lines and curves. And at first I was like, do I like this? Like, I wasn't sure. Because um, I guess also, like, the only shonen manga I had been um, exposed to before that was Dragon Ball Z. And that's, like, the epitome of, like, shonen and sharp lines and really, like, I don't know how to, how to describe it really, but a lot harsher than Shujo. Yeah. And I found kind of that same that same theme or that same impressions in, in going through one piece. Um, but I think I like it. I think it fits the story so far. I think the art style is also telling the story, not just, not just what is depicted and not just the dialogue, but just the way that it is drawn also express it, it. It helps in expressing what it is trying to express. 
So I think it's the kind of thing where right now it's a little bit jarring to me, but I can see myself getting used to it and enjoying it more and more. All right. One thing I wanted to go back to on the character side, we didn't really touch on Shanks, Red Hair Shanks and the Red Hair Pirate crew. Did you guys have any thoughts on them? V? Um, I had, yes. Yes, I did. Um, I got a little choked up. Uh, chapter one got me a little choked up. Um, my main thought, without going into too much detail, because if we do start going through chapter by chapter, I, I, I do want to speak to that a bit more, but I so hope that they come back. Like, I do not want this to be the end of seeing that crew and seeing that character. Like, I'm very much looking forward to seeing, like, the, the recall, right, of, of that group of people. Because I refuse to believe that that's it. Um, I think they were the inspiration behind Luffy's um, ambition. And I think that it would be absolutely a shame if that didn't somehow come back. Okay. All right. Yeah, we can touch on that more when we discuss chap or, uh, yeah, chapter one uh, specific. But yeah, Dylan, red hair pirates, um, red hair shanks. It's kind of like, I kind of like them because um, at first it's like, oh, it's just goofball pirates. Ha 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 ha. We drink. Ha ha ha. We sing. Ha ha ha. And then they leave and then they have the the interaction with the, the mountain bandits. And it's just like, ha oh, ha, they made you look like a punk ass. It's like, yeah, I'm a little bitch. It's hilarious. And then they come back, and they're like, the guy points the gun at his head. He's like, that's not a good idea. And, like, the goofiest guy of all blows <laughs> his fucking brains out. And it's just like, oh, shit. And then the first mate just puts a cigarette out in the guy's eye and just beats the shit out of him with the blunt end of his musket. And it's just like, oh, okay, these guys are putting on this air to put you off guard. And then when push comes to shove, they handle your shit easily. I'm like, because the big bag of that group was just like, immediately after that was, uh, smoke bomb, run away. Yes. <laughs> and then with Shank especially, he's like, oh, he laughs, he laughs, ha, ha, ha. And then the sea monster bites off his arm, and he just glares it down. He's like, leave. And the monster's like, oh, shit. I'm out of here. It's like, oh, I, I didn't like, realize you were real. It's like, oh, <laughs> damn. I just ate his arm, and he ain't about it. I'm out of here. <laughs> so, yeah, I think it's interesting. And like B said, I would like to see them come back. And actually, um, on that point, too, I want to see Kobe come back. Like, I don't know if it's, like, way ahead in the future, like, where he's actual, like, Maybe a Marine lieutenant and he interacts with Luffy again. That'd be really cool to see. And that's something I kind of look forward to. Kind of see how Kobe might mature and develop further on and see how much Luffy actually did rub off on him. Right. Well, I'm, you both left off on what my next topic was going to be, actually. The narrative hooks. The, not necessarily mysteries, but just the unfinished business from this first chapter. Maybe short-term, maybe long-term. What are you most excited seeing develop? What it could be multiple things, uh, Dylan. You know, you said you wanted to see what the heck happens to this this little little Kobe kid. He has pink hair, by the way. I keep almost saying this little pink-haired Kobe kid. It doesn't come through in the manga because it's black and white, but he has pink hair. And uh, yeah, um, Dylan, what what hooks kind of got you? Again, it can be stuff that you expect to be resolved next chapter. It could be stuff that you don't even know is going to ever be resolved. Well, I think the big, big one is um, seeing Kobe. Because, like, Kobe, like, he put out his dreams. Like, oh, I want to be in the Navy. I want to deal with bad guys. And then immediately after that, he gets 
faced with like the corruption behind it. And he's like, oh, what the? No, this is my dream. And that's, ew, what the hell mm. is this? And, like, yeah. I feel like that really puts, like, I'm not sure if it was ever said, but it, like, puts a resoluteness. It's like, my goal from joining the Marines is to root out all the corruption and make sure we're a pure force of good once again. And I'm interested to see if that develops along those lines. I'm not sure if that's just me grasping at straws, but that's something I feel like he, kind of his character was shocked to the core for it. And I feel like that gave him the resolve to try and fix it himself. Right. Any other hooks? Besides that, um, I mean, I guess seeing Zolt, Zolt like, with the whole Karina backstory, which again, kind of like, oh, she's a great yeah. swordsman. She beat the hell out of you. She fell down the stairs and died. I was like, we'll get what? to that. Yeah, that's one of my <laughs> what? things I like, circled like okay. three times. <laughs> but, yeah, I but, have thoughts on that, too. Yeah, I was like... <laughs> That was jarring to me. I was like, that's, she, yeah. like, do you not know how to fall? Like, just hit the shoulder and roll. Anyways. All right, all right. V, yeah, hooks. Um, the hooks. Yeah, I feel like I kind of touched on it um, a bit earlier. Just in general, just very excited to see how this world is going to um, develop. Looking forward to seeing more of, of uh, Shanks's crew, hopefully. Um also, um, yeah, I feel like Kobe's development is going to be interesting. And I want to say, really, the whole the whole crew, I'm just so looking forward to seeing how their relationships develop. While also keeping in mind that I, I have a feeling, like Luffy, I don't want to say that he's not going to go through any sort of character development. But I feel like he's he is the driving force of change around him. But he himself, I don't see changing a lot and I'm I'm curious to see if I'm right or if I'm not um just because earlier I kind of talked about his lack of self-awareness he's yeah, so you nailed that on the head he's so not self-aware that I don't see him being very affected by certain events that would maybe make someone else rethink what they're doing <laughs> um but I feel like he unbeknownst to himself is so influential to the other people around him that I'm just, I'm very curious to see how, all, how all of that pans out. Cause, uh, yeah, very, very interesting character. All right. <clears throat> so, uh, with that, um, that's kind of the big broad strokes that I wanted to get into. Um, what I'd like to do next is just kind of go in chapter to chapter and just make some call outs here. Um, how do you guys want to do this? You just want to take turns in, in each chapter and just be like, yo, what did you think about A, B, or C? And then we discuss it again relatively quickly. Um, we don't need to, to spend too much time on each chapter here. Maybe just a couple minutes. Like, uh, why don't I go first? Why don't I go first with just a... Uh, go for it. So the opening of One Piece is so iconic. The first, what was it, two or three pages with Gold D. Roger. Uh, I think he was at the Gallows. Is the Gallows where you get your head chopped off? Yeah. Uh, they it's ex- the Gallows is usually hanging, but... Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Um, execution. Yeah, execution. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's like, hey, listen, the One Piece is out there. Go and get it. And then... Uh, as you hear in every anime, they, well, I, don't, I can't say every, I'm actually caught up, but 
<laughs> many episodes of the anime right right after right before it's been a while uh, um the the intro song it has that same story uh it, it's like the great pirate era begun um some some more diehard fans may roast the hell out of me for, <laughs> for misquoting this, but I'm okay. I'm please roast putting us. myself out there. Yeah, roast us if, if you can. Interact with us, please. Hey, watch out. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, I, I just think that's so iconic. It's been pounded into my brain. You'd think I'd know it better. Um, but, you know, he... He was the the great pirate of his era. He got he got got, and uh, he's letting people know that there's something out there for him if they can can be brave enough and strong enough to uh, find it. Um, Dylan, any call outs from chapter one that you remember? Um, that that is a good point. That is a great opening scene. It kind of like lays the the background for the world really well. And um, I know we're finished like the art discussion, but I like V was saying earlier like it's more broad scenario. I've loved all like the broad shots of the ships because I've always liked like mm-hmm. the mercantile era of sail. It's been really interesting. So seeing these ships has been something I've always really loved. But I mean, um, chapter one kind of a little slow for me. Um, didn't hate it, but it wasn't like oh great because it was also it's I, also I, long. Yeah, it's it I, is I long. feel like um, it's the long the longest at I least think it's the so far. One ever. I will say the the cool thing with rereading it as many times as I have, um, not noticing him just like with the whole mountain bandit interaction, not noticing until like the second or third review that like while they're having this beef, like Luffy's just sitting there eating the gum gum fruit, watching it go down. Yeah, he's like, oh shit, what's going on? Because <laughs> the first time it's like why? Because yeah. he's hungry. Yeah, and like the it's first time I was like, subtle. why is he a rubber man? And then I read it again, I was like, oh, I missed that my first read through. Yeah, so that it's was super cool. subtle. It's just this like half frame of him like just holding the fruit with a bite taken out of <laughs> yeah. it, and it's so easy to miss. I noticed that too, Dylan. I it was, was great. like, I like that. That's that was... all it took. <laughs> But yeah, until they actually like got to the point where like we're not to be trifled with, uh, it was kind of like, all right, we're just filling background story, and then then the whole action sequences went down. So, oh, okay, we're not messing around. That's pretty yeah, much all I got about that. From chapter one, um, I think chapter one for me was getting to know Luffy, and um, my main takeaway is how absolutely fearless and unstoppable he is. Um, it's baffling. When he stabs Um, himself in the eye to prove that he's tough. (laughs) It's both very concerning and very endearing. Like, I can tell that this is going to get him in trouble, and that, like, gives me secondhand anxiety. Like, I just want to protect him and be like, no, don't do the thing. Don't do it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But also, like I was saying a bit earlier, I, I could probably used to have someone like that in my life, someone that like encouraged me to step away from my comfort zone and just say, you know what, fuck it, I'm going to do it. Um, and I feel like while he does act brashly, he's also some, he's aware of the people around him and cares for them, but he doesn't have that same regard for himself, um, which I think is interesting. Um, you know, I think that's something that we see very clearly with Shanks and his arm is that he's very distressed at, at Shanks having having lost his arm protecting him, basically. And um, I got to say that just the shot of Shanks giving him his hat, I I had a little, you know, I, I felt it. I felt it that in my good. chest. I was like, that was 
keep this safe for me. That was beautiful. And that is such a great storytelling tool. And um, yeah. And the way they kind of like bullied him up to that point. Like, yeah, it's tough love. It really right, is. exactly. It's exactly. kind of how we interact, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But yeah, that was that was my main takeaway of of chapter one. Uh, one other thing I wanted to point out is the two page spread where Luffy just knocks out the. They're called Sea Kings. I don't know if that was explained in chapter one. Um, that big sea sea monster. And then you get this awesome frame of just him like saying, I'm going to become king of the pirates, which is iconic. They yeah. have a, a card for that. Um, but yes, chapter one uh, is rereading. It was really kind of really amazing, actually. Um, just being able to see all this again, because, um, you know, I'm a thousand chapters from this at this point. Um, and it's just really it's like going back home kind of. Mm for the first time in a long time. And it was definitely the longest chapter here. I suspect we can probably um, mow through these these next couple. I'm going to let Dylan start the chapter two call-outs, and then you'll start chapter three, okay. so on and so forth. And we'll just go in a circle as it relates to my screen. Well, um, if we're going to chapter two. Chapter two, I just love the part when it's just like, man, what a great day for sailing. Who would have thought this journey would have gone to shit so fast? <laughs> Which is what I'm like. What I'm loving about Luffy's character. It's like, all right, he realizes there's nothing he can do about it. He doesn't fucking stress it. And then I'm, I'm pretty sure it's the same chapter. I might be wrong, but then like he comes out of the barrel. He's like, man, that was a great nap. And it's just like, yeah. All right, Luffy, you're you're a real one. I like you. <laughs> but um, yeah. And then kind of learning that there's these other powerful pirates. It's kind of cool. It's more the world building. It's like, okay, it's like, it's talking about all these pirates and you're starting to see like the vastness of these, like the pirate network or whatever you want to call it. Mm. But then, you know, and then it kind of also leans into, it's like, oh, this is how powerful Luffy actually is with how easily he handles the fact that the whole crew was in complete and total fear of Alveda the whole time. And he just lays her out with one punch and it's like, all right, give me a boat. And they're like, oh, yeah, you got yes, it, boss. <laughs> that's all I got on chapter two alright yeah so for me it was very much um, I feel like Alvita was solely a conduit for Kobe and Luffy to meet I d and again I might be wrong but I feel like we're never going to see her again and you know what that's okay um, I, I think she's, uh, you know, uh, I don't want to say forgettable character, but she... it's okay to be a plot device. <laughs> yeah, ex that's it. That's exactly it. I think she's a plot device and that's, that's okay because we need those sometimes. Right. But I, you oh, know, yeah. a, a very little backstory given on this character, very little like explanation on what her intent is, what her goal is. Um, so I was like, okay, but like just Kobe and and Luffy meeting to me is going to be I foresee it being so important in the grand scheme of things that it's like okay I'm fine with this just being a plot device thing um and on that note I think something else that um really struck me is how quickly Luffy would basically do anything for Kobe 
Like, he, and again, I think it all comes down to him being so not self-aware and so not aware that every single thing he does potentially, like, gets him in grave danger. He, he doesn't care whatsoever. And he's only just met this guy and he would basically die for him. And I, th- I think that's terrifying and wonderful at the same time. So that's those are the big things uh, on chapter two. And earlier I was talking about how you know meeting Kobe, I, I related to him quite a bit. So that was that was uh, a, there's so a nice many things. There's so many things. There are things a hundred chapters from now and a thousand chapters from now that I could bring up with so many of y'all's points right now, but I can't. <laughs> and I I love it and I hate it. I love it and I hate it. Uh, it's it's so amazing and it's just kind of like. You know those cartoon eyes when they get real big and burst out of their skull. <laughs> As a reminder, uh, this was your idea. <laughs> I know it, it's <laughs> just it's awe inspiring, really. Um, anything else, V? That's it for chapter two for me. Um, um, but I guess I can start on chapter. No, no, you, you. Let me, yes, yeah, yes, let me yes. let me pop in here. Of course, of I course. loved the <clears throat> the conversation between um, Kobe. You know, Luffy's just sitting there calling him as he sees him. No filter, no thoughts, just vibes. Um, Kobe's like kind of doubting him and Luffy's like I'm not afraid to die Kobe <laughs> like he says almost exactly that basically um, I love how he's not afraid to roast Kobe either like his, his new best friend and he's just like Kobe that's not a ship that's a coffin bro. <laughs> um, and then he yeah he won he one shots Alvita um, so oh and one last thing Dylan might appreciate this when when Luffy pops out of the barrel, it reminds me of the third of the Star Wars sequel movies. Somehow Palpatine survived or something. Like Luffy was like, "Huh? Somehow I survived." When he pops out of the barrel, <laughs> that's pretty good. Oh oh oh! Also, at the end of this chapter, we got our. F- I believe it was the first what's known as SBS. I don't know if you guys took the time to f- look through that. It was literally just telling you about Jolly Rogers. Oh yeah. Uh, Ode- Oda, the author, does these a lot more as the story goes forward. Some of them are just kind of fun little, like, mm-hmm. he'll answer letters from, from readers. Uh, sometimes he'll actually do some lore dropping, which is, is some of my favorite. All kinds of cool little art things he does. People do requests, and he'll draw them. Definitely recommend taking a moment with those if you want to. They're, they're not super important, but they are. Yeah, the origin fun. of the Jolly Roger one was kind of cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, V, kick off chapter three for us. Um, well, I, I kind of touched on my first impressions of Zoro because, listen, I'm a fangirl and all fangirls need someone to, you know, swoon over. And I guess this is going to be it for me. Um, I thought, I thought this was a fairly rich chapter. A lot happens. Um, you know, we kind of get the introduction to the whole Marines and the law and order that we talk, we were talking about and that, you know, that force that is supposed to be um, lawful that is actually corrupt. And through that, we discover this character, Zoro, who has... Um, I was very impressed by... Um, his how can I put this he has an innocence to him that you wouldn't think he would have considering well later on we found out we find out more about like his backstory but um 
you know, just looking at him, the guy's like tied up on this cross, rugged, beaten up, buff as heck. So you presume that he's a fighter. Um, and he has this moment where I thought was really striking when he says that, like, all he has to do is survive here for a month and then you'll be free. But he like, I don't think most people would have believed that promise, but I think he lets us he lets himself believe in that promise out of hope and out of this like innocence that he still has. And I found that very surprising for a character like that because I I just That's I just a great point. I didn't expect I always it. just thought he was a dumb dumb. But no, that I, makes sense. He has a I, lot to live for. Well, I feel like, like he's he's hopeful. And I feel like it's it's kind of an admirable to have a character that is in such a predicament that still holds on to hope and innocence at the same time and chooses to believe that people still want to do the right thing and that they will hold up their promises. Well, it's because it's kind of like he's got this um, this sense of honor and it kind of holds everyone right. else to that sense of honor when it's like, no, man, that's not how the world works. Yeah. Yeah. And he has, um, you know, as I as I mentioned earlier, he has principles and he has a respect for for life around him, as shown by his interactions with the the girl that brings him the the rice balls. You know, um, you know, he eats them. They're full of dirt. They're sweet. They're not at all what you expect from a rice ball. And he's like, tell her I said it was delicious, and that I ate it all. Like that's. That's something like that's really sweet. That's very very sweet. And um, and this is the story of how I developed a crush on Zoro. <laughs> <laughs> it happened like that. <laughs> it did. Um, I don't have a ton to add that you didn't say. I think there's a couple really funny moments between Luffy and Kobe. Like Kobe's like, "You got to save that girl," and Luffy's like. Why don't you do it? <laughs> Come on, man. One of us has like special powers here. Um, I feel like I would prefer a savory rice ball over a sweet one as well. So maybe Helmeppo has a point there. Maybe you should have smashed it into the ground. Uh, wow. <laughs> I'm kidding, kidding, kidding. And then, of course, uh, on site, Luffy decks the guy. <laughs> uh, so I thought those were, were just really cool. Uh, call out, yeah, really good chapter, Rich. Um, but uh, yeah, you nailed it, Dylan. Um, kind of what I take take from it is like to me, this is like Kobe's dilemma for his dream. It's where he's really starting to see that oh no, like the what I aspire to be is what these people fear. Uh, yeah, they fear Zolo, but it seems like they're more scared of what should be the good guys. Yeah, because you have Hemplo. It's like oh, it's like little girl, and it's like he stomps on the rice balls. He's like, what? She worked really hard on those. Like, why would you do that? And then it's like, all right, throw the girl. And he's like, wait, what the hell? And then after that, like uh, Hemplo, like it's always like, I just had to survive thirty days. That idiot said, if I survive thirty days, I'll get to go free. And then and then he's walking through the town. He's like, yeah, we're gonna execute him in three days. And Luffy's mm-hmm. like, what the heck? You said you let him go. It's like, oh, that's... You believe that? You're just as dumb as he is. And then Luffy just knocks him cold. And like to me, that's Kobe's dilemma. It's like, oh, this is what I want to be, but this, is, this isn't what I thought it was. So I took from that, like, to me, that was like Kobe, like, having, like, Kobe growth moment for me was chapter three. 
Right. Yeah, 100%. Um, and I guess I will kick things off for Chapter 4 here. We get introduced to Morgan. Um, I'm looking through my notes. I put... <laughs> Helmeppo is ugly, and I underlined <laughs> ugly. Um, I, I, I mean, you ain't wrong. <laughs> yeah, right? Um, Kobe gets shot. That that was a little shocking the first time you see it. Yeah, but like, luckily, oh! it was just his hand. Um, Morgan kills a guy. You, you see someone literally get murdered on screen again. Uh, two in, in four chapters. Um, and yeah, uh just, just little call-outs like that. Uh, oh, oh, I love when, when Luffy's at the top of the tower, how he is just dragging Helmeppo through the place. No regard yeah. for anything else. He's like, where's where's the sword? I'll show you if you stop dragging me. <laughs> we passed it like five doors back. Why didn't you tell me that? Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah Dylan, any, anything else on Chapter 4 you wanted to call out? I mean, Chapter 4 is another great example of, like, Luffy failing his task successfully, where he does, like, the gum-gum rocket <laughs> yeah. to get to the top thing. He's like, oh, shit, overshot it, and then just, like, destroys the statue. Yeah. And that point, he's like, oh, sorry about your statue. Anyways, I'm going to go find these swords. Um, Kobe getting shot was, like, another like another example where I talked. It's like, oh, it's all like, ha, 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 it's funny, but, like, like oh, no, like, there's, there's some real consequences. People people do suffer extremely in this like and the point was like go kill that kid and he's like i'm not gonna kill the kid he just murders the guy i'm not gonna kill the kid <laughs> i'm just, not gonna kill the kid gets, i'm not getting rid of the duster yeah and, and just gets murdered for not getting rid of the duster but like joke. i mean oh that's see that's a ref i don't get it's fine it's another chat it's another cha- like this is starting to build the action and like uh so like uh, this chapter was fun for me i, I enjoyed this chapter um Oh, one other thing. Sorry, B, before we push things over to you. Rude. Um, <laughs> uh, I did want to point out Luffy's kind of like bravado. Like, he's made up his mind at this point. Like, Zoro is joining his yeah. crew. It's like, you're going to be he in my lets crew. lets him know. <laughs> yeah, and and uh, I appreciate that, again, lack of self-awareness. Like, I could never. Um, B? Um, so, I feel like... Luffy's fearlessness shines through in in that chapter quite a bit. Like, he knows for a fact that there are potentially grave consequences for his actions, but he does what he sees as just and correct, and he stands up to bullying. And as, to, uh, you know, as someone who unfortunately suffered uh, from bullying when I was a kid, that really made me feel good. Um... And I feel like this attitude of his also wins him a very precious ally in how he kind of imposes himself and his will on Zoro. He says, this is what we're doing, whether you want it or not. <laughs> we're um, friends now, like, okay? Right. <laughs> Loki, low key, he would be annoying to be friends with, but also adorable. <laughs> like, um, also, just... How are Captain Morgan and Helmeppo related? <laughs> is another question I have. Like, who's the mother? Like, <laughs> right? what's the mother look like? Like, they're they're both they're both cruel in their own ways. Like, Captain Morgan is cruel, scary, and a badass, and Helmeppo's a wimp that is also cruel and just nasty. 
So, uh, but other than that singular thing that they seem to share, um, they're completely different. Um, well, that's and, a good point. Uh, yeah, I th- I thought that was that was interesting, and I would be curious, like Michael said, to like who who's the third person in this triad, you know? Um, and then I gotta say the way like my heart dropped when the statue broke, I was like, oh no, Luffy, you done fucked up now. <laughs> You just messed up real, real bad. <laughs> uh, but yeah, chapter chapter four was um, I. Yeah, I feel like that really, along with you know chapter three, and then on the other end, chapter five are all very dynamic chapters that um, kind of bring the the story forward in um, in a really interesting way. Yeah, absolutely. Um... All right. Well, I believe I kicked off chapter four. So, Dylan, you want to do chapter five? Open chapter five for us. Yeah, chapter five was interesting. Like chapter five is really where like the action of this little arc really starts to take off. Because it starts off with um Luffy storming through through the base, and like the Marines stop, like stop, we'll shoot. And he's like, I don't give a shit. And they put Templo in front of him, use him as a shield, and rush Helmepo, Helmepo, whatever. <laughs> and like he like holds him holds him as a human shield in front of him and starts bum rushing him. When it gets the sword, it's like, oh, you passed out. What a wimp. Um, another thing, the backstory, <laughs> the backstory for Zolo was really, really, really heartwarming. Um, besides the whole like, stairs oh, are one and oh. damn, yeah, stairs, man, mortal enemy of mankind. Um, <laughs> people do die falling. Yeah, they do, though. but they're usually them. like ninety, not like twelve. <laughs> twelve year old usually bounces back from a tumble down the steps. But um, like the whole heart, like the, I really like the part when it's just like. She's like, oh, well, I'm a girl. I can never beat it. And he was like, no, no, fuck that. It's like, it's not about whether or not you're a boy or a girl. It's about how hard you work for it. I don't care if you're a boy or a girl. My goal was to, we're going to do this, and then we'll fight for that title at the end. I liked that message. That was a really good message, I thought. I wrote that down, too. And then um, she slipped. <laughs> she slipped. Yeah. And I was just like, really? That? It's like, man, that's. To me, that was kind of, like, really anticlimactic. It's like, man, I kind of wish, like, it makes sense why he's so determined to do it. I get that as a plot device, but it's like, I would like to see, it's like, oh, maybe, like, she'll be a character he bumps into, and they have a little clash, and they keep keep fighting, all that stuff. That would have been cool to see. But then, hold on, I'm looking through real quick. But yeah, like, and then he comes in, saves him, because he can't be hit with bullets. And then, again, Luffy failing tax successfully, he's like, so man, I can't get you can't get your arm untied. And it's like, hurry up, yeah. they're about to shoot us. It's like, I got one arm. That's good, right? It's like, ah, just give me my damn swords. Yeah. <laughs> That's good, right? <laughs> but yeah, like a great chapter. Like this is where it's really starting to ramp up, and this is where I really started getting really interested in it. But that's pretty much all I got for that chapter. Oh, whoops, sorry, I think I jumped ahead a little bit. I jumped a little bit ahead to seven. No, you didn't. Yeah, no. Um, Maybe. No, Maybe six, you did. Six, six ends with them being like, oh, here's your swords. And then seven opens up. My bad. Well, anyways, that's all I got for that one. I have a lot of thoughts on uh, on Quina. Um, so I found her very relatable to me as a woman. And not to bring the whole, like, me being a chick thing into Like, that's not what this podcast is about. But... Um, I could relate to her on that basis because I've also felt like I don't have a place in the world. 
Um, and to your point, I understand. I understand the message that Zora was trying to convey to her and saying like it doesn't matter who you are so long as like you you strive for 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 your goals and you do everything you can to achieve them. Um, like I get that, but at the same time, there are expectations of society for men and women that aren't necessarily conducive to to that. Like sometimes it's easier said than done. Yeah. Um, and I felt I felt for her a lot, and I thought that her demise felt so cheap. So because, cheap. Because it, I feel like it only yeah. her only purpose is to serve Zoro's development, and I find that to be a shame because I feel like there was so much potential there for her 100%. if she were still still alive. I think. I think she herself could have grown into a really really interesting character. I think that would have furthered Zoro's development because I think, like, obviously we learn through trauma, but we also learn through other things. And I would have been curious to see kind of how that relationship would have developed um, if that hadn't happened. And um, yeah, I guess I was a little disappointed. I was a little disappointed in that in that that twist, especially falling down the stairs. We all were. We, like, are I, you I bet if you polled, yeah, I heard that. I was like, fans. what the fuck? Like, like that's ridiculous, and it, it. I was just, I was disappointed, and you know, as much as as um, Alvida, I was okay with her being a plot device. I wasn't okay with Queena being. It, there was just so much a potential plot left. Exactly, I hundred percent agree. I with think that. it would have been so, so, so interesting. Um, also, another thing that I I got from Chapter Five is I. F- and it kind of ties back to what I said earlier. I felt bad for Zoro when he realizes that he was being lied to. Because he was, he was so assured that that was going to be the outcome of, of these events. And he was so determined to see it through and to stick to it and be like, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to prove them that I'm able to do it. I will survive a month and then I'll be free. And then, yeah, just the, the, the moment where he realizes that it's a lie was kind of heartbroken heartbreaking to me so yeah chapter five was i think was very interesting in terms of character development but it i it felt it made me sad it made me a bit sad (laughs) it sad and then or disappointed and then sad yeah um i will say you know you do get more flashbacks that that flesh uh these characters and other characters out I personally believe they get better as the story goes on. The author kind maybe he kind of learned something from that. Um, but um, yeah, that flashback, I, again, I, I think if you polled fans, most would agree that that was um, weak. Could have been that something besides stairs. That's all I'm saying. I mean, yeah, even, even if even you just don't that, the yeah. character. Um, but uh yeah, you know, at, in this chapter, Zoro officially joins Luffy's crew and mm-hmm. casts his lot against the world, really. Yeah. Yeah. Anything else you wanted to add there, V? That's it for chapter five. Yeah, uh, y'all pretty much got everything, you know. Uh, I have written down casting their lot against the world, going against the Navy, you know. Uh, not all the other pirates are going to be as friendly as they are. But... uh why don't we move on to chapter six and V that's yours. 
Yeah, so this chapter was very much, um, you know, if we were playing D&D, this would be like the encounter, <laughs> you know? It would be the fight scene, Yeah. basically. Uh, hey, um, guys, sorry I punched the guy I shouldn't have punched. They're all really mad about it. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so this one was very much like the, the, the climax in terms of, of action, I feel like, um, in this volume. Um, again the one thing that always comes to mind is how on earth is Luffy so oblivious to the danger around him? Like everyone else is panicking or in complete upheaval. Meanwhile, he's like clueless or seemingly clueless anyway. Um, and yeah, I guess, I guess that's just something that's going to keep, keep happening. Uh, I feel like that's just becoming the nature of this character. I feel like that's partly um, him leaning on the fact that he knows he has the power. Like, because when he got hit with Alvita's mace, like, that doesn't hurt me. I'm made of rubber. He does have so, a certain degree of confidence, but there is not a lot. Yeah, there's not, not much going on there. Yeah. No. Turning. Right. Um, and I I also thought something that, that... And again, I feel like I don't have as much for this chapter just because it is so action-filled. Yeah, it's just fight. Um, I felt like the dichotomy between Luffy and Zoro is kind of striking in that chapter. Like they're the fact that they're do so different from one another works really well and works to yeah. their advantage. And I felt like that really, um, that really shines through at the end of the chapter during the standoff. I was like, they're like, they're so complementary to one another. And I feel like that, um, that relationship is going to be interesting to see develop and how they kind of play off of each other and complement each other. Um, yeah. That's what I had yeah. for chapter six. Okay. Yeah, I, I put here, uh, Captain Morgan refers to it as the secret treasure of the sea, the devil fruit. You're going to meet plenty of people with devil fruit powers as we go on. I don't think that's a huge spoiler. Um, you will meet one. Uh, you'll meet a couple, I think, in our next volume um it's not so secret i would say it's rare compared to all the background characters you know just townsman number one whatever but um yeah you know you get to see zoro let loose a little bit he gets free you get to see your first real fight um and you get to see helmeppo uh knocked cold again and uh there's not much better than seeing that little very satisfying. Little punk. Yeah. <laughs> get get knocked down a peg or two. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's really all I had. Dylan. Um, it's like again, action packed, but there's a couple like tongue in cheek funny moments to me. Like the part where I roll my eyes, it's like, oh, I do the three sword style. It's like, all right, come on, dog. That's a little I like that. Little maybe I mean, you will grow I mean, to like, like it as well. <laughs> I, I do like I'll be honest, I do like it, but it's again I've read the Dritz there in books and it's kinda like, oh, okay. Another one of these guys. Oh, he's a tough swordsman, but he's like, oh, he's sensitive, and mysterious. That's kind. It's kind. It's kind of like the 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 pigeonhole I'm putting him into, just because I've I have that background knowledge of that series, and I see him. I see how he's portrayed out so far. The tie I get, he's like, oh, kind, not as much of like, oh, I'm so sensitive as Stritzerden, but kind of similar. My favorite part is I'm looking at right now is um. He blocks all the swords, and like Luffy's like, "Wow, he's so cool!" And it's just like, God. <laughs> but like, yeah, it's great to see. And then it's another thing like you actually really get to see like what they're capable of. Where he's just like, "Hey, man, duck!" and then just knocks out all the Marines with his gum gum whip. What's the name of that move? Whip. 
But yeah, Hemp Hemplow gets knocked out again. Great. Oh yeah, that Gum Gum Whip was a nice two page spread. Yeah, that was, I love that was the a two good page one. spreads. Yeah. I will probably always bring up the, it kinda, the sweet ones. It kind of makes me a little sad that I'm reading on a tablet because I don't like it, like because I imagine if you're like go actually... sideways. I just found out today that it works so nice sideways. I've always been just because it's more comfy to hold it with like one hand kind of deal. Oh okay, I'll start. All right. Yeah. Oh uh, now now that I see that, and every time I know I got a two page thing, I'll just. Yeah, it's a great way to look at those two pages. I don't think you're missing a ton by reading everything else, you know, in the, I guess we'll call it hamburger, horizontal, vertical. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway. Science. <laughs> but, like, you also get, the, like, you all, like, another cool thing is, like, when he takes the axe, sweep at him, and, like, he decimates, like, the whole gate. And, like, like Kobe's like, wow, that's right. It's like, oh, okay. He like, this guy's not a chump. Alveda was a chump. This dude could probably kill him if he hits him. But yeah. he never gets the chance to. And then, of course, Zolo one-shots him. But yeah, it was a good chapter. This is like a lot of action. Great chapter for me. I really enjoyed this chapter. All right. So chapter seven, you know, that's that's GG. Um, they they Gigi finish them off. easy. Yeah, that, I literally put that. You, <laughs> I'm going to put my notes. Uh, <laughs> easy. <laughs> Easy. <laughs> Uninstall, they, get good. Yeah, I thought this one was was pretty quick. Um, they're headed for the Grand Line. Uh, you know, you get this real sweet moment where where Luffy really shows that he taught Kobe kind of how to fight for himself a little bit. Um, Luffy taunts Kobe into a fight mm-hmm. uh, to to kind of you know cut that connection, let him have a, a clean Give slate, him a chance and he to join up with the Navy. And then they get saluted by the Navy, which I thought was pretty cool, pretty powerful yeah. uh, scene here. Um, and then at the end, it's like they they made a serious mistake. And then you don't get to know exactly what that mistake is right away, <laughs> but you do soon. Um, and then, uh, yeah, Dylan? Yeah, like, um, I, I know we touched on, like, the topic of friendship earlier. It's like, well, you don't really see it, but this one where it's like, when they're like talking, like we are the Grand Line. It's like, why? It's like, what do you care? You're not coming with us. It's like, well, you're my friends. I'm wanting to care about mm, you, oh, right? Yeah, yeah. And it's like, we're we are friends, right? And Luffy's like, yeah, dude, we're always gonna be friends, bro. I love you, man. Bro, <laughs> my brother. But then, like, I like, love you, man. Like that, and like you said, like uh, Zolo points out the fact, and like I know people are gonna hate. I want to refer to him as Zolo the whole time. But um, Zola points at the fact. He's like, hey, man, you better watch out. You were a pirate's cabin boy for two years. The intelligence finds out about that. And you'll never be in. And then Luffy takes that and is like, goads him into a fight. And it's like, oh, I don't like you. Fuck you. Mm-hmm. I'm going to beat you up. And they're like, there's no way they're friends. <laughs> and at the end, when he salutes and the, the Navy captain's like, you've got good friends. And he's like, hi, hi sir. That was great. It's a good wrap up to this whole thing. My favorite... Mm-hmm. Still, though, is when Zolo looks at them after they defeated, like, oh my god, he defeated the captain. And Zolo's like, you trying to capture, you want to try and capture us? And they're like, oh, hell yeah, we're fucking free! Yeah. Yeah! yeah. That's, I love that. Yeah, the that very was, beginning. Yeah, that was a great scene. But yeah, it's, it's a good wrap-up chapter, I think, for this, this whole little, this little arc. That's all I got with yeah. that chapter. And V? Um, yes, just like, uh, like Dylan said, I think that that was a really good way to tie up all of the loose, well, not the loose ends, but tie up that, that first volume, um, in a really nice way. I also really found it funny and heartwarming that like 
they're all super happy to be finally liberated and like his reign of terror is over. I thought that was good. Um, and yeah, um, Luffy's personality really shines through here again, just by his, you know, what you guys just explained about him kind of, um, forcing, forcing the events to unfold the way that he thinks they should unfold in Kobe, you know, enlisting, so to speak, and them, them leaving, but ensuring that this happens as, as seamlessly and as smoothly as possible for everyone's benefit. Um, and for all the trouble I see or I foresee being caused by Luffy's recklessness, I think he also sacrifices himself for others because of it. And I'm honestly not sure if he's cognizant of all the good that he does. Again, it's that whole lack of self-awareness There's thing. a little tism. Yeah, there's a little there. bit of tism, just a sprinkle of tism where he... It's like he he does fantastic things, but I don't think he's fully aware of those things that he does for other people. And I also had in my note, what's the grave mistake? And then I speculated and I was like, is the mistake that they're going to the Grand Line at all? Or is it something else? Like I was I was wondering what what that meant. Um, Yeah. But I think you guys touched on on everything else with regards to Chapter 7 for me. Did you catch what the great mistake was? I don't think I did, no. Okay. We'll see if Dylan... Is it brought up in this chapter? Is it like kind of touched on in the next chapter? It's like the first thing they talk about. They they talk about it rather than have like the narrator. uh, Okay, yeah, I know what the great mistake is. I'm pretty sure. Well, V, did you have anything else? Nope. Well, Dylan, go ahead and start Chapter 8 off by telling us what was this great mistake well, that these knuckleheads The great made. mistake is none of these guys know how to navigate. So they've literally the whole time just <laughs> they been... They also didn't bring any food. They're like, wow, oh, we should have brought food. Okay, okay. that, okay. that <laughs> I would say is the bigger of the mistakes. But trying to navigate, like, trying to just, like, hey, let's just float. And I right. love... Well, the fact that Luffy's just like, well, floating around's worked for me. It's like, bro, your first, <laughs> your first day, you were like, well, shit, I was going to drown anyways. Guess it's not that bad. It's like, uh, come on, man. That's I know true. Garmin right hasn't been, bat. I know Garmin hasn't been invented yet, but damn. But no, like, interesting, because this is like kind of like giving you the tidbits, like trying to hook you in for the next volume. You get your, and I love it, and, like, they're like, yeah, now that you bring it up, they don't have food. And it's like, man, I'm so hungry. And, like, Luffy's just like, oh, there's a bird. Let's eat that. Yeah. And Zolo's like, how? And it's like, check this out. And fails yeah, another task let me, successfully. Gun Gun Rockets, the bird just grabs him and flies off. <laughs> I love that. And Zolo's just like, oh, what the hell, dude? And starts rowing. And then you meet the three, three pirates, unbeknownst to us yet, that have been swindled by Nami. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, and they're like, oh man, he's like, oh great, shipwreck survivors. He's like, I don't have time, just grab on. Let's yeah. keep running. They're like, ha, we'll take this ship. And it cuts to the next frame. They're like, oh, we're so sorry. We didn't realize you were Zolo. And then it's kind of like, what happened? You get to see, and they're like, oh, well, this lady. And it's funny because I didn't notice it until I was rereading it. They're like, oh, there's this lady. She took our ship. And then one of them's like, oh, she was kind of hot. And the next thing, the one guy starts going into the, uh, going into like the flashback. And you see the other guy beating up the other dude for calling her hot. <laughs> but then it's like you can kind of see, like, uh, for me, knowing what little I know about sailing and stuff, the fact that she's calling out the sea, it's like, to me, like, the fact she's like, oh, okay, you got a squall line coming in. It's coming out of the south, so it's going to be, uh, chances capsizing really high. To me, it's like, that's probably going to be the navigator. 
If you can read, if you can read the ocean, the storm conditions that well, you probably navigating by the stars probably ain't out of your wheelhouse. But also, like like we mentioned earlier, when it's just like she's running, like she's like one of those, um, like if it was D and D, she'd be a high charisma character, mm-hmm. or she just like smooth talks her way out, talks her way out of everything. It's like, oh, running away, and then he just falls out, and it's like, oh, crap. It's like, oh, boss, you're finally here. And they're like, oh, fuck that. Don't chase her. We got the boss. And he's yeah. like, wait, what? And, like, the, the classic, the ending, it's like, oh, you want to team up? I rob pirates for a living. And he's like, wait, hold, hold the fuck, wait, hold the phone, what? <laughs> but, no, I think this is, like, a perfect lead. And then you also kind of get a little tidbit. What's like I was saying earlier, I like the, sh- the shots of the ship. You get a good sh- shot oh, of yeah, the next yeah. bad guys. Of- yeah next bad guy ship and so it's a really good hook to get you into the next one because like after rereading it four times it's like damn let's get this episode out of the way so I can read the next volume I just want to read the next volume I kind of I think I already know where this is going because of that Shonen Jump I read Mm -hmm. but I'm very interested to get into it that's all I got for chapter 8 right, V yeah I mean Dylan said it I think this is the perfect way to kind of introduce us to what's coming next without giving too much away um i think it it does great in leading us towards you know wanting to to find out more um i'm definitely similar to dylan i was like okay okay now we're gonna get to read volume two yay and i got like excited for it um i love love the absurdity of two pirates unable to navigate it's like that's (laughs) kind of like like, pirating 101 learn how to sail a ship (laughs) you would think you would think um but again, I think their their inability opens opens the door to um, a potentially very how what's the word I'm looking for? Like it's going to be a mutually beneficial relationship. I feel like Nami joining the crew is going to be mutually beneficial, and I'm excited to see in what ways. Um, I was also very excited to kind of find out more about the upcoming quote unquote and villain or antagonist uh captain buggy i think the clown i think is is buggy how... the clown. you saw his ship it had a little circus tent on it yeah yeah i thought that was cool <laughs> and also an elephant the fact like that we... headpiece yeah and also the fact that we know that he also has eaten one of the devil fruit i'm i'm looking forward to finding out what That's that what that has done to mm-hmm. him um and I think again that 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 speaks to their this chapter's ability to set it up for the future. Um, definitely hooks you in and drives you to want to to read more and really um, get your teeth into um, into the upcoming volume. And I have to say, kind of cheesy, but towards the very end there was this like Indiana Jones esque moment with the hat. With um, Luffy saying, "Oh yeah, how, how does he say like, <laughs> don't touch the hat?" I have no idea. Yeah, because he gets he yeah he gets like punched and the 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 yeah he hat literally says, off. "Don't touch the hat." And he yeah, has it, like, right that here. was a great bit. I love that. And I was like, panel. I love that. I thought that was really, really good. And then right after that, we jumped to Nami being like, "Hey, do you want to team up with me?" And I was like, "Yes, yes." Do you want to form an alliance with me? Absolutely, I do. Yeah. <laughs> And as I was saying earlier, when we kind of dove deeper into the character analysis, I think she's going to make a fantastic addition to the team. And she's basically everything they need as a pirate. I think she's going to be just a fantastic ally. 
And I'm excited. I'm, ex I'm super excited to read volume two at this point. Me too. Um, as far as what I had for chapter... Oh, did you have anything else you wanted to add? That's it. Uh, so, yeah. I, I mean, I, I love Nami. You clearly have a bead on her kind of storyline that she's likely another member of the crew. Uh, she is my favorite straw hat that is not named Luffy. Um... They even say in this chapter, she'd make a great navigator. Uh, someone says that about her. Um, seeing Buggy Ship, I did put that down, that was really cool. You know, you just had this one, like, big shot. Uh, they mentioned the Grand Line again. I've already mentioned multiple times how I loved the way that she was like, oh, hey, boss. Um, and just everything about her introduction, I felt like, was just masterfully done. Um, you know, it, it, She's my favorite. She's the best girl, waifu, all that fun stuff that uh, nerds, us nerds, like to. Uh, Hopefully, label. she doesn't come across any stairs. Right. Oh God, God no, forbid. not the stairs! <laughs> not the stairs! <laughs> Just um, take the ramp, please. We're not ready for another loss. <laughs> <laughs> stairs are a young man's game. Um. But yeah, that's all I got for chapter eight, which brings us right up to the conclusion here. Did you guys have any last words you wanted to uh, uh, slip in here before we wrap things up? I'm just very excited. I, you know, coming into this, I kind of told myself, I'm not sure I'm going to enjoy it. Let's see. Let's see how it goes. And then in reading volume one, I was like, Oh, man, I feel like I'm going to become one of those One Piece nerds. <laughs> Can't wait. Um, yeah, I feel like so far it's... Um, I'm surprised at how well balanced it is. Like, for for something that is shonen, I feel like it, com it does a really good job at balancing action, comedy, heartfelt moments, and um, adventure. And yeah. whimsy also. A lot of whimsy, even though it's presented in a more... It's kind of in a subtle way. In a, like, you, how can I put this? Like, the whole fruit thing isn't super subtle, but it's also not... Like, the fantasy and the whimsy doesn't permeate absolutely everything in the universe. It's still yeah. relatable. Grounded. Right, exactly. And I think, I think that that really works to its advantage. I think it makes it easier for me to... Um, relate to and dive into and see myself in that context. Yeah, it's not quite Alice in Wonderland, right? But it's not you know uh, NYPD Blue or CSI, right? <laughs> I guess would right. be better. Yeah. And um, <laughs> and I'm excited. I'm excited to see how that persists throughout the story, the the telling of the story. And I'm just yeah, I'm very very excited for what's next. Me too, B. Me too, Dylan. Anything else you wanna? Uh, based on where I came from, like. I read the Shonen Jump, um, the first big manga I like, really, really got into, like I said, was Attack on Titan, which is very, very grimdark. Mm -hmm. A lot of, lot of gore, a lot of hard topics, stomach. Um, so coming into this, like I've always looked at One Piece, like, oh, it's just some goofy shit. Still going to dump on that reindeer when I see him. But, you know, like after reading this volume, it's just kind of like, you know what, all right, you know what, I'm starting to the point, it's like I can, I can kind of put that to the side because it's kind of letting me know, it's like, it's coming off goofy, but we got some serious stuff to delve into here. So I am also super excited to get into the next the next volume. Very much looking forward to reading that. 
All right. Well, I just want to thank both of you for joining me tonight to get this uh, this thing started. We're off the ground. We are on in flight here. Um, I want to thank everyone who's still listening. Thank you so much for uh, sticking around, hearing us rant and rave about One Piece. We would love to hear from you. Again, my name's Michael. We have V and Dylan. You've heard their names multiple times here. Um, please drop us a line at podpodfruit at gmail.com. Uh, we're still getting some stuff off the ground. We may have some other social medias, but those will come in time. Be on a lookout for those in our description. And, uh, Bon voyage. Thank you so much, everyone. I don't see. It's the wrong thing to say. Bye-bye. <laughs>